Good evening. It's good to see everyone out this evening. I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles to the 37th Psalm with me. And we're going to spend the entirety of our time looking at a couple of verses here in Psalm 37 and discussing what these verses actually mean. I want to begin by reading verses 3, 4, and 5 together from Psalm 37. I'm going to put the first slide up behind me, and so I want you to be looking for this phrase in the context of what we're reading this evening, and we're going to talk together for just a few minutes about what this means. Psalm 37, beginning in verse number 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You may have heard this phrase used at different times. As many people will turn to this passage in particular, as a way of talking about God, almost as if he were a genie in a bottle. That if you just rub the bottle the right way, God's going to pop out, and the Bible says that he will give me all the desires of my heart. And that can be twisted into just about anything that you can imagine. That God will give me riches, and God will give me power, and God will give me fame, and God will give me this and that, and the list goes on. Because the Bible says that God will give me all the desires of my heart. What does this actually mean? Is that true? Is God somewhat of a genie in a bottle? Is he a God simply meant to fulfill all of our wishes? in this regard. Well, I want to begin by saying that I'm not in any way, shape, or form going to argue with what this passage says. In fact, I believe that God will give us all the desires of our heart. But I think it's important for us to dig a little bit deeper into what this passage is saying and the application of it in our lives if we want God to give us all the desires of our heart, as the psalmist indicates here that he will. So let's look at this passage a little bit closer and what it actually has to say, because what I would suggest to you is that what it actually teaches us is far more profound and far more life-changing than the genie-in-a-bottle mindset that some have in regards to God. So let's look at what is said just before and surrounding this phrase that's contained in verse number 4. As we read it just a moment ago, hopefully you caught some of these things. The psalmist talks about trusting in the Lord and doing good, dwelling in the land and feeding on his faithfulness, delighting himself in the Lord, committing his way to the Lord, trusting in the Lord. And then what? And the Lord will give you all the desires of your heart. You see, there's a change in our mindset that we must have if we want this passage to be lived out in our lives. If we want the Lord to give us all the desires of our heart, first and foremost, 
We have to trust in him and do good. First and foremost, we have to dwell in his land and feed on his faithfulness. We have to delight ourselves in him. We have to commit our way to the Lord. We have to trust in him. And so the question then becomes, if you do all of those things, then what will the desires of your heart look like? Well, I can tell you this, there won't be one ounce of selfishness in any of them. There won't be one ounce of self-serving in any of it. There's not going to be any amount of pride or greed. There's going to be no level of deceitfulness. There's going to be no pleasure-seeking. It's not going to be unjust. There will be no desires of unrighteousness. Not if we are trusting in the Lord. Not if we are dwelling in Him. Not if we are committing ourselves to Him. Because that's not who God is. And so what the desires of our heart will become will very much mirror the attributes and the desires of God. And it's when we begin to embody the reality of that and apply that to the way that we live our lives, then and only then will God be a fulfiller of the desires that stem from our heart. Because now our lives, and therefore the desires of our heart, are in alignment with him and his desires for us and what he wants to see from us. Because we are first and foremost in the Lord. We have committed ourselves to him. So, just as God is, the desires of our heart will turn from self-centeredness to selfless. They will turn from unjust to just. They will turn from pleasure-seeking to godly in nature. And that's when God is ready and more than willing and more than able to fulfill the desires that stem from our hearts. They will mirror him in every way. And as the psalmist indicates, he will then fulfill the desires of our heart. And so there's some application that we have to make from this. As we start to think about what it means to commit ourselves to God, to trust in him, to conform our will to his, shape our lives in the way that he wants them shaped, what does that look like? How do we do that? And then what are the desires that stem from that? Well, we talked about this morning, one of the ways in which we can begin to take on the characteristics and the nature of God, and that being spend time in prayer, communicate with him regularly, spend time in the word, allowing him to speak to us, and then spend time in prayer, communicating with him. And the more that we engage in that type of communication with God, the more that we will find our will and our desires conforming to his. And so we have to be dedicated to that. We have to train ourselves in that. We have to train ourselves to be good Bible students, to desire his word, to long for time spent in it. We have to train ourselves in the constant communication that we want to have with God. 
We spend time around other like-minded people who share those same values, who are also trying to be more like God and to conform themselves to his will. Spend time around those people so that we can encourage one another in these ways. We have to practice self-denial and practice self-discipline. Characteristics that are important to God, therefore they must be important to us. And so if we want the desires of our heart fulfilled, then we must practice those very important disciplines in our lives. Again, shaping ourselves to be more like God. And as we do that, as we begin to train ourselves in these areas and begin to to mold ourselves into the shape of God, what we will find then is that we aren't longing for earthly things anymore. The, the, The selfish ambitions that we see consuming a lot of people in this world and perhaps even have consumed us at different times, those things begin to feel less and less important. They are no longer appetizing like they once were because we're becoming more and more like God and those types of things and the importance that they hold in our lives are beginning to fade. And in place of them, we will find contentment with where we are and what we have and what God has blessed us with. We will find joy both in our current circumstances as well as as, as well as in what is to come for us. We'll find peace, in re- regardless of what the circumstances around us may be. All of those things will be a byproduct of putting our trust in God, shaping our lives around Him. We train ourselves to think that if this is what God wants, then this is what I want. That's the mentality that we see as we really, if you read through the entirety of Psalm 37, you see that mentality throughout the entirety of that Psalm. It's not strictly contained in these few verses. Let me give you just another couple examples. In verse number 23 of this Psalm, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Verse 27, depart from evil and do good. And dwell forevermore, for the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. And you could go on throughout that psalm, continuing to see how the psalmist realizes that when he puts his trust in the Lord, when he commits his life to God, good things happen. Good things from the perspective of God happen. And... Contained within this psalm is a warning for those who refuse to do so. There's warning after warning about how the evildoer shall be cut off, as it says there in verse number 9. You see, those who refuse to put their trust in the Lord, those who refuse to dwell in Him, their desires are going to continue to be selfish in nature. Their desires are going to continue to be self-seeking. And the psalmist sees that God is going to put an end to those things. He's going to cut that type of behavior off. And it's going to be those who seek God and seek relationship with him. Allow him to order their steps. Allow him to shape their lives. 
Those are the ones that God sees as his. And those are the ones that God blesses and cares for. When we put this idea into practice, this is a very practical way of combating pride and selfishness and greed and all of the other things that we've mentioned already. So I want you to think this evening for just a moment. When you begin to feel the desires that are driven by pride, that are driven by greed, that are driven by selfish ambitions, creep back into your life, if you begin to feel as if the desires of your heart are becoming more and more self-seeking, go back to Psalm 37. Read those passages that are contained within this psalm. Because those aren't the desires of God. So where am I falling short? What... What what is it about my life and my behavior that isn't conforming to God's will for me? Because those aren't the desires that will come from the heart of one who is dedicated to God. So we have to do some self-examination at times. We have to have some checkpoints for ourselves along the way. In moments of of self-realization, can we be honest with ourselves? about whether or not our desires are becoming more like God or more like the world. And if our desires are becoming more like the world, that's an indication that we are becoming more like the world. But if the desires of our heart are becoming more and more like the God that we read about in Scripture, that's an indication that we are becoming more and more like him. And for each of us, that should be our foremost desire, to be more and more like God. Every single day, in the way that I interact with people, the way that I speak, the way that I approach my career, the way that I approach my family, the way that I approach my spouse, in every situation and in every aspect of my life, I want to be more like God. And the more that I do that, the more I will feel the desires from my heart mirror his will as well. And at the end of the day, that should be what all of us want. God wants to fulfill the desires of our hearts. But he wants to do so because he wants us to be more like him. He wants those desires to align with his will, and he wants those desires to align with his desires. He wants us to desire what he desires. So yes, we serve a God who will fulfill all the desires of our heart. We serve a God who wants us to be like him in every way. And when we are like God in every way, then the desire that we will have above all others is to live eternally with him in heaven. And not only that, but the desire for everyone else to live eternally with him in heaven.
And that will motivate us, that will encourage us, that will change us at our very core. Because now every decision that I make is driven by that desire to live in perfect harmony with my creator for all of eternity and to do everything I can to make sure you do as well. That changes the way we talk to one another. That changes the way, as I mentioned this morning, when and how we confess sin to one another. It changes the way that we pray for one another. It changes my focus when I read scripture. It changes the way that I approach my day. Because my desire above all else is the Lord. I want to be with him for all of eternity and I want to help you be with him as well. That should be our goal. So as we conclude things this evening, I want you to think about the relationship that you have with God. I want you to think about the desires of your heart. As we sing an invitation song here in just a moment, I want you to ask yourself, not what should the desires of my heart be? But what are the desires of my heart? Do you desire to be a child of God's above all else? Do you desire to serve him and love him above all else? If the answer to that question is no, then I would like you to to consider the why behind that. And that's not going to be a quick answer. But it's one that deserves time and consideration and a level of seriousness dedicated to it. What is holding you back from committing your will to God's? What is holding you back from fully giving your all to the Lord? I want you to think about some of the language that we talked about this evening, about dwelling with God, about trusting in Him, about committing yourself to Him, and about the promises that He has made to those who do so. There is nothing in this world, nothing in this life, that is more important than being committed to God, trusting fully in Him, and looking forward to a home in heaven. So whatever is holding you back in that situation, I'd encourage you to give serious consideration to what changes need to be made. Maybe even as a child of God, someone who has committed themselves to the Lord, maybe also as you ask yourself this question, about what are the desires of my heart. Maybe again you start to realize that some of these not so pleasant realities have begun to creep back into the desires of your heart and and greed and pride and all of those things have begun to make a reappearance in your desires. Pray about those things. Ask for help in those regards. That is a serious indication a serious indication that you aren't fully committed 
that you're not dwelling in God. You're not putting your full trust in him. Because those aren't godly characteristics. But the beauty of this is is that we all have the chance. We've all been given an opportunity daily. As long as God continues to give us breath, we have an opportunity to reevaluate those things and to make changes in our lives, to rededicate ourselves to the Lord. And he is a loving God who stands ready with his arms wide open to welcome us back, to allow us to dwell with him again and he with us, and to live in perfect harmony and perfect unity, sharing the desires of our heart with God. And what a beautiful relationship that is. There is no greater relationship that can be had And it's a relationship that can start right now and last for all of eternity. There is no other relationship that can do that except the one that we can have with God. So if you're here this evening and you recognize a need for that relationship in your life, whether for the first time or whether to reestablish it and to recommit yourself to the Lord, we stand ready to help you in any way that we can. So please come to the front and let us know as we stand and sing.